It's time once again for our broadcast, Good News and Better News, where we spend 22 minutes advancing the theory that life really does not suck. And now, here is our host, author, screenwriter, and podcastman, Jonathan Richard Kring. Line is gone. Stolen. Abducted. Embezzled. Kidnapped. Here, give me a second here. I've got to grab my thesaurus to get more. Line has been plundered, ransacked, removed, pilfered. That's enough. You got the idea, right? You see, Line is not a person. Line is a treasure. L Y N A Y is the chest that has been opened to counteract the disaster of springing the lid on that Pandora's box. Line has been robbed from us. Line is an acronym. Love your neighbor as yourself. Poof. Mugged from our society. I think it's because we've always been a little pissed off at line A. Maybe it sounded too simple just to go around loving people. Then somebody came along and convinced us it was really, really hard. Matter of fact, you can go to any church in America and and you'll hear them every single week praying about how inadequate they are at Line, how they cannot love their neighbor as themselves. I think the whole concept of loving your neighbor as yourself has been under attack ever since that Nazarene sat there in his loincloth perched on that hill and suggested it was a cure-all for human strife. But most recently, Laine has suffered its most severe assault and now seems to be ripped off, carried away into the hills of oblivion. In its place, we have been offered three possibilities, but they're imposters. Three imposters for trying to use the muscle, the muscle of our love, but maybe in more realistic ways than loving our neighbors ourselves. The first thief of Line is self-pity. After all, if you can get a man, a woman, or a child convinced that he or she is troubled beyond the bounds of anyone else around them, they cease to function with any sympathy or empathy for others and barely have the intention span to listen to someone else breathe. 
we are convinced that it is our privilege, if you will, to line up and take our turn lamenting our pain and our tribulation into the great microphone of human attention. Matter of fact, if you watch a show like The Voice, you can't win on that singing show without making it clear that your travail, your anguish, your suffering is greater than those competing against you. You don't have to sing well. You just need to use your pipes to complain well. Can I tell you that self-pity is not loving your neighbor as yourself? Self-pity is loving yourself and doing it so much that you're just too exhausted to ever think about applying it to anyone else. But I, I have to admit, sometimes I see us getting sick of all the self-pity. There are even those who are smart enough to spoof it and make fun of all the lamentation. But then they find themselves in danger of the great thief of line A that lines up in the second position just in case we didn't get you with self-pity. We'll offer you instead of line A, loving your neighbor as yourself, we'll offer you unconditional love. I see, this one is tricky. It sounds so goddamn noble. Who could possibly object to unconditional love? Except, immediately we know that it is so personal, so intense, that this unconditional love could not be applied to everyone throughout the sprinkling of humanity. It has to be just a few. After all, we're only human. We, we couldn't express this unconditional love for the children in Africa. They're far away. They have different gods, and they also have a different color. So instead, we focus on unconditional love. And that always takes us only into our own personal families, our own clan, our own nuclear unit, those who share a little piece of our chromosomal makeup. We're convinced that we can't be any closer to anyone than those who share our household. Or because we're now divorced, two or three nearby households every other week. Even though unconditional love does not appear in any spiritual writings anywhere, we have manufactured it so that we don't have to love our neighbor as ourselves. We don't have to spread our love. We can try to focus it on those two or three people that sit across the dinner table every night or most nights. We'll just focus on a few. Uh, back to that Nazarene. 
he warned us, if you, if you love only those who love you, you're no better than the heathen. There's just nothing special there. That's exactly true. But when it's said, like in a movie, all I'm looking for is unconditional love. And that's all I want to give. It does seem to ring with some sincerity, doesn't it? Unfortunately, the bell does not continue to toll. Because when people piss us off, even if there are children, our mothers, fathers, wives, or husbands, well, suddenly we come up with some conditions to our love. If you don't stop that, I'm going to be out the door. If you, if you can't change that, I'll tell you what right now. And if you, if you, you give you them. I love you just the way you are, except for what just came up. Actually, love is a much broader spectrum than trying to put a laser beam on there and say, ah, I'll never feel anything but love for you. Love needs to extend itself to everyone we shall ever meet. So therefore, we have to admit that love's fragile. And it, it does need to be uplifted. It needs to be encouraged. It is not a mountain standing tall, daring the elements to knock it down. Rather, love is a river constantly flowing and attempting to find a shoreline. These are two great, two great thieves of line A. Two great thieves of love your neighbor as yourself. Self-pity. I get so busy with my feeling sorry for myself. I don't have any time for you. And then unconditional love. I'm spending so much time trying to love the two or three people sharing my bathroom. I couldn't possibly think about anyone else. Unconditional love is a made-up unicorn emotion created to allow us to limit our affection to those of our own home. But there is a final thief. The final thief, the number three of line A, of love your neighbor as yourself. The final thief is culture. For decades, the experts have tried to communicate that birds of a feather flock together. In other words, black folks want to be with black folks, white with white, Cubans with Cubans, Chinese with Chinese, Africans with Africans. Well, you get the picture. Ooh, and it's an ugly photo, isn't it? Culture is the new buzzword for racism. It's a way of stealing love your neighbor as yourself from the hearts of the people and telling them that they only have to express interest in the following race the, or, or the following religion or, or, or this locale 
or even the, your particular group of sexual preference. Laine is missing! Love your neighbor as yourself has been stolen, and I'm coming to report the loss. Until we sit down as intelligent people and realize that we're being robbed every single day of the expansive nature of worldwide acceptance and love. And that we are languishing in our self-pity, pretending to have unconditional love, and hiding out in our pockets of culture. Well... If we continue to do this, we're going to tumble down the hillside of mediocrity into a puddle of pathetic. Would you help me find Laine? Shall we go on a search? Shall we go hand in hand and walk through the weeds until we locate it again? Will you allow yourself to believe that your love was meant to be extended to something other than yourself, other than just your family, or other than your culture? The good news is, if we can find Laine, if you can start loving your neighbor as yourself, your emotions will grow up in leaps and bounds. And the better news is, people who have bigger hearts pump out more power. That's it for today. Stay tuned next week when we will gather once again and find ways to put the pin back in the grenade. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on social media and at goodnewsandbetternews.com.